Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Building Better Businesses podcast, where we talk mindset, marketing, and business building strategies. I'm your host, Shakina Johnson, and this is the podcast for those wanting to start their entrepreneurial journey and create a business and lifestyle they love. You can find detailed show notes on jsrvision.com. The notes include a summary of today's session, along with any links to resources mentioned in the show. And so I have a special treat for y'all today. I am here with David Summerflick. Hey, David, how are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing with this uh, COVID business going around? Um, you know, it's a deep question. I could say, oh man, I'm doing just great. But, you know, it's, it's a deeper question. Uh, I've really changed um, in the last several years, and this has really made me change in, in, in more uh, ways as well because I used to speak at a lot of conferences and workshops, and now I've, obviously you can't really do that. Not all workshop organizers and conferences are equipped to move everything online. So I've really kind of um, decided to get a back-to-basics approach. Okay. Which I think is really, really good when um, we have times like these. Absolutely. Um, you know, when the quarantine is over, there's going to be a lot of more events, right, popping out and getting back into the flow of things, maybe, or maybe it's just a new norm of being online, you know, virtual events and, and whatnot. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that because I actually saw an article in The Lancet just a few minutes ago, which The Lancet, for those who don't know, is an extremely reputable, very, very, very well-established uh, medical peer-reviewed, you know, medical industry journals for doctors. And they just had an article, and I can't even claim to understand all the jargon, but it was an article saying, basically look out for the second wave. Mm-hmm. Because the minute people start going back to work and thinking everything is great, now I'm going to go to concerts and everything, conferences, that's where it's very, very likely that there will be a second wave of this. And if you want to know what it's going to be like, look at Italy, Mm-hmm. Um, Spain, Mexico, all these other countries, they can't all be, you know, that different. That's how I look at it. Yeah, very true. That's an interesting point. Um, I'm going to have to take a look at that that journal and review it myself. That's uh, actually, if you can send me a link to that, that'd be perfect. <laughs> sure. I just sent it to my wife. All I got to do is turn around and forward it to you. <laughs> perfect. Um, so sorry, everyone, but <laughs> David, can you introduce yourself? And what sure, you sure, absolutely. My name is David Summerfleck. I'm um, I'm semi-retired now, uh, but basically, um, let me see. I went to college and I studied uh, English with a particular desire to be a writer. Uh, while I was in college, which was in the '90s, I began studying the internet and website development and and very basic programming back in the 90s. And um, I also did a couple of journalism internships and everything. So when I graduated from college, I found that there just were not very many jobs for writers where I lived. And those that were there were not very well paying. So I started doing what web design, you know, website development was back in the mid 90s. And the irony is that people back then, they looked at it the same way they do now. How can I be number one in Google? Back then it was, how can I be number one in Yahoo? And they don't want to spend any money. They're not sure if it's a, it's a, a, a fad or not. Uh, what do I do? How do I grow my business? How do I get more phone calls and use this new thing called the internet? And that was back in the mid-90s. Now we're in the, you know, 2020. And people are still looking at it the same way. And um, so basically, I started getting more and more into web development and, and technology, and I began working for different marketing agencies. And in between working for agencies, I would also work as a teacher. I was a college professor. I taught journalism and English at the college level. I was a college administrator. And then, you know, off and on, I'd work for different marketing agencies. Um, Then I was a certified small business mentor for an organization called SCORE, which is a division of the United States Small Business Administration, or SBA. Um, So I was a certified business mentor for them off and on for about 10 years, where I probably consulted with or advised hundreds of business owners all around the world because they'd get calls from all over the place. 
And um, a few years ago, my wife and I moved to a quiet little area in Southwest Florida and just said, let's hunker down. And I decided that um, I would work with one or two clients at a time if I felt like it. If they had a need, they were committed, and I felt like I could really knock it out of the park for them, then we would talk and we'd get together. And I wouldn't take it unless I knew I could really, really help them ignite uh, profits very quickly. Perfect. Um, So that's where I'm at now. And I recently wrote a book called The Road to Digital Marketing Profits, which is basically for people who are newbies, you know, you're a complete beginner to digital marketing, or you may think that you know some things, but you're not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. And you want to go from point A to point B. How do I engage website development, SEO, internet marketing? How do I use all of these things together to really make sure I reach more customers and I don't waste any time? I don't waste any money. I work with the right people and I get this done quickly. And by the end of the book, we answer all of that. And we also give you a business plan that you can take to a credit union or a bank and say, look, I've done my homework. I know how this works. I've got it all written out. I'm ready to request a loan. So that's what that's about. Well, thank you for that for sharing that information about your book. We're definitely going to include a link to where you, you know, where everyone can go to it. Um, you know, as a, a digital marketing specialist and business growth expert, um, for with decades of experience, I'm sure you've had a lot of <laughs> cases where, uh, you know, a lot of the same commonalities. Um, yes. Can you share with us something in particular that um, you'd like to discuss that would help budding entrepreneurs and business owners at this point. Sure. And, you know, I, I, I try to be very understanding and compassionate with the people that I advise or consult with. And sometimes I can come off a little bit tough, like Gordon Ramsay or something. And then there could be other days where I am more, um, more laid back. It really depends on my mood, but you know, I recognize it's very, very tough out there, especially now. You know, unemployment rate is spiking. It's going up higher than anybody wants to acknowledge. And you've got COVID-19 running roughshod through the governments of the world and the global economy. No one knows for sure what's going to happen. And we're not going to be done with this in a couple of weeks, no matter what anybody says. This is a, a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. You've got to let it run its course first and whoever's going to get it, who, who can't stay home or has to go out and run around, they're going to be more vulnerable. So the way I can answer this is by saying that after talking to so many people for, you know, 25, 30 years, however long I've been in marketing now in so many different capacities, is you have to take the long-term approach the long game, as they say, look at what you do as a process. And, you know, I used to get phone calls back when I had my phone number available. People would call me every day and just say, how much is a website? I need to know. How much is SEO? How much is content marketing? How much is e-commerce? And sometimes I would try to answer it. And now I just say, well, how much is a car? I mean, it depends if you want to get to your destination reliably and on time and safely. And if you want to roll up, you know, looking professional, or if you just want to get there in some old hoopty and you, it may break down a couple of times on the way, it may not. You want to look at this from a serious long-term perspective. So if you have a business and you want to get more customers, what type of customers are the right ones for you and what you do? Because not every type of customer is ideal for every type of business. You know, what's good for um, a general CPA is not good for a lawyer, is not good for a barber, right? So you want to look at that and you want to take it seriously and say, you know, how do I want to invest for returns on investment or ROI? What do I have to offer if I get online and do digital marketing seriously? Who do I look at? Who are my uh, role models? 
who are my competitors in this market who are literally eating my lunch that if I could go toe to toe with them, I would like to, could I, who would I compete against? So you want to look at all of those things as a long-term uh, process, not as a single one and done, if that makes sense the way I'm saying it. It does. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, you touched on a, a lot of different points there. Um, part of it, the first one was just, you can't look for instant gratification, right? Right. Um, and your long-term goal should be your, I mean, you, you will have your short-term goals, but not everybody's in it for the long-term. And that makes a difference in how you, you know, you run your business. And for, right. for starting entrepreneurs and budding entrepreneurs, it's um, always the affliction of, well, I want it now, right? <laughs> we, we all do. Right? Uh, yeah. We, we all do. I mean, I was telling my wife just the other day, boy, I'd love to have a great big, uh, pizza right now from Hungry mm -hmm. Howie's are my favorite. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know what? I don't feel like having to get dressed, go outside, pick up the box, or well, you don't want to go pick up the box right away now anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go out there, go get dressed, go spray the box with Lysol, wait 10 minutes. And if you're paranoid like me, then bring it in. I'll get, you know, and all of that. I just don't feel like dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants immediate gratification. We all do. We've been programmed to want that by a consumer culture. But if you go back to, you know, what I call old school roots, you get out what you put in. Yeah. You know, children who are raised properly grow up into upstanding adults who care and think about the future and treat others with respect. You know, children who are not raised uh, by parents who are available to them and, and compassionate to their needs and listen to them they grow up to be, you know, little chainsaws with legs. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> um, thank you for that. You also touched about like your audience, right? And summarizing, basically saying everybody, everyone isn't for everybody, right? So it's not the same for the accountant or the attorney. It's the audience varies from person to person or, or business to business, excuse me. Um, now you've you've had many clients over the years and we're talking larger clients as well including i think it was microsoft and aol and a couple of other clients in that um can you can you share how knowing your audience makes a difference in you know the growth and development of your business sure i'll well i'm trying to think of all the different ways i could answer this um let me give you an example of one or two colossal flops. And then I can tell you what I learned from those. Okay. Um, and, you know, and they're, they're flops in different contexts. To me, they hurt. It hurt to see it happen. And to the other uh, side, they probably didn't even know what was going on. So um, I'll give you an example. Um, maybe... I don't remember when it was, maybe five, 10 years ago. Um, there, I've had several clients, you know, that I would pick up in my spare time. So there was um, a guy who was like a local contractor. Uh, so you would hire him to come in and convert your basement into like a man cave or, you know, an extra bedroom or what have you, or he would come in and redo your kitchen, whatever they call those. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, so he contacted me out of the blue and uh, through my website, of course, and he seemed like a really nice person, very, very low tech though. So he, to communicate, we had to meet at a local coffee shop and, but he seemed very, very nice. And I, uh, and he seemed to have a profound need. So I said, all right, you know what? Yeah, I'll do this. So I created a, a website for him. And I use a lot of other tools. I don't want to get too techy because I'm accused of doing that a lot. So I, if you want me to, I can get into SEO and e-commerce and content marketing and other areas. But for the, sh for the sake of brevity right now, I'll say I created a website for him. It went to the top of Google within about a week or two, right away. So he started getting phone calls and emails right away from people who wanted to hire him immediately 
to create man caves and re, re, remodel their kitchens and so on. So understand that one uh, kitchen remodel is at least 10 grand because he has to come in and literally tear it apart mm -hmm. and then redo it. Every basement remodel or man cave is going to be at least 10 to 30 grand. So anyway, I created that form. He starts, he, he tells me he's getting all these emails and phone calls. And I know he is because I set it up so that I would see the emails and phone calls he's getting through AI. So I know what he's getting. Okay. And um, so anyway, he calls me up, Dave, I can't handle this. You got to take the site down. I said, what do you mean? Take the site down. You're getting all these phone calls and emails, man. Just say yes to one. You know, you get 30 grand. What's wrong with you? Don't you like money? <laughs> and he said, well, you know what? I'm working full-time at Home Depot now. It's steady. I don't have time to do this. I didn't know that they were going to start calling me right away. I just said, look, you know what? God bless you. This was a mistake. I'll take it down. I'll delete it completely. I'm sorry I did it. I took lots of screenshots. I took a video of what I had created for him. I learned my lesson and I just deleted it all. Uh, maybe two or three, maybe two years later it was, there was a nonprofit organization in Atlanta that contacted me. They wanted a website for their nonprofit organization, which would help homeless veterans. And I thought it was a very, very touching cause. I feel for people who are homeless. I can only imagine what they're going through then and what they're going through now, especially with veterans and PTSD. And I thought it was a very noble cause. I wanted to help them. Okay. So same thing happened. I created the site. They go right up to the top of number one. They start getting phone calls from veterans asking for help. They call me up. What do we do? We're getting phone calls. We're not prepared for this. Then, then they called me back a week later. Somebody's donating money. We don't have legal 501c3 status. What do we do? I said, well, you better get your stuff in order and you may be audited by the wonderful people at the IRS. I, you told me you were set up for this. So I just said, look, don't worry. I'll go in. I'll delete it. So I did the same thing again. Now, those were very, uh, very painful span of two or three years. As you can imagine, because you put your heart and soul into creating something that is responsive, mm -hmm. meaning it works on your phone, it works on your tablet, it's all the same. You don't need an app. It works the same on every device humanly possible. You can process payments, take money online using what's called e-commerce. You're at the top of Google using what's called SEO. All of that. And... It doesn't mean anything to them because they're not equipped for it. They didn't build the foundation. So I learned my lesson from that. And I just said, look, from now on, we have to screen people very, very thoroughly. I no longer work for people unless they go through a screening process that we can take our time and I can really ask them questions over two or three conversations at least and make sure that they are set up the way they think they're set up, that they mm -hmm. can handle this and they need to make more money. So there's a prof profound distinction between hobby and actual profit-making business that needs to take care of a family. And there's a profound need between, you know, thinking that you want to do this or it's an mm -hmm. idea that you have, you may want to do one day and really being fully committed. Yeah, so now you. I really screen people very thoroughly. I go over my contract, um, you know, each different part to go over it. And I explain how I work and why I do things the way I do them. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to giddy up unless we go through that process first. And that was quite some time ago that I really implemented that in what I do as an individual. And I basically had to learn that, you know, look what you did for me, you know, you, David, what you did working for these larger multi-million dollar agencies, you have to do as an individual. Mm -hmm. So if you're an individual accountant, uh, paralegal, um, you know, whatever it is that you do, you have to look at it from the perspective of, you know, how would a larger competitor do this? How can I streamline things and work more efficiently and stop 
um, anything that might be a time waster or that could potentially sink my business. Mm -hmm. That was actually something I was going to uh, touch on as well. So um, from the lessons that you learned, you were able to, I mean, they were painful lessons, but you eventually learned from them. Um, And you implemented, as a result, a screening process. So how did you decide who your client was? Because I know um, a lot of, you know, again, starting business owners have to define who their audience is. Yes. Um, And just just to determine how they're going to market and bring in clients to them. Um, The contractor and I think the nonprofit you mentioned, they weren't set up for that, right? They, They didn't have the systems in place to catch (laughs) right and they said that they did actually right Right. they said that they did they depicted themselves Mm -hmm. in that light Mm -hmm. um you know i remember that one woman i I don't remember their specific but you may not be more familiar with nonprofit law or structure than i am at the moment um it's been a while since i've looked at it but Mm -hmm. they depicted themselves as a legitimate established nonprofit organization with a board of directors and and so on and it turned out the board of directors was three people and the the head of the nonprofit was one person who had no previous experience in mm-hmm. nonprofit administration and so you know for me it was a it was a painful process because I was so used to working within the structure of a larger agency where we would work with, you know, Olympic athletes or corporations. And so as an individual, I had several experiences like that, probably more than I can even recall. I've had many lawyers call me up um, and ask for input. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're asking all these technical questions that you can, you know, you could just watch as their eyes would roll up into their heads like poached eggs. They don't <laughs> understand what you're even talking about. It has no relevance to them. It has no context. Right. So what I do is I, I say on my website, um, I work with committed industry leaders and um, premium service providers. And now, even if, you're, even if you don't meet that definition, I want them to think that they are that mm-hmm. and see themselves as that. You don't need to be um, uh, who's a, a, a you know filthy rich big shot lawyer, you know F. Lee Bailey, but mm-hmm. I think he's been disgraced now. I think I'm trying to remember, um, but you know I say that because I want them to take what they do very very seriously. I can joke around a kid, but I want them to take what they do deadly seriously. Perfect. Thank you for that. So it's important to actually know who your audience is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I want them <laughs> who to. who they are. Right. I, pref- I mean, I can take a local mom and pop. I can take a service provider and we can take enterprise level um, digital marketing. With the, if you can actually Google the term digital transformation and you can Google the term um, enterprise digital marketing and they're kind of different terms. But what I like to do is combine those with what's called lean management principles from startups and marketing agencies where they try to do as much as possible and work like a military unit almost. Mm-hmm. And it helps that I grew up around military people. So I kind of look at that lean business model, that military top-down chain of command, and I apply that to business structure. Mm-hmm. And then I look at digital marketing in terms of automation, making things easier for them, and kind of mobilizing everything together in a very quick, tight package. You know, let's hit the ground running and get this thing going. I want to work with people who are deadly serious about getting results quickly and efficiently. And if that means spending a few grand so they can make back triple that in a few months, it's realistic for them. It's tenable for them. If it's a big deal for them and they want to fight and argue and hem and haw or try to go to Fiverr and try to, you know, uh, pinch pennies till they bleed, they're not a good partner for me. And right now the chips are falling pretty quickly. If you look at the news, small businesses and service providers are going under quicker than anyone can keep track of. So now is not the time to play games. And that's what I try to tell people. I really, truly, honestly feel that my message in this is more relevant now than ever before. I agree. Absolutely agree with that. Thank you for that. Um, 
So we've discussed the importance of, you know, screening your clients, right? <laughs> Building systems to qualify them for your services. Um, and we also went over instant, you know, not, well, going in for the long-term perspective and not looking for instant gratification and things. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. well, I was just going to say, and if there's any gray area, you know, feel free to chime in or, 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 or ask, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to elaborate on any point. Yeah, sure. I, I am curious um, to how you actually arrived in finding your audience. And I, I want to explore that a little further just for the audience here. Um, yeah. How they go about doing that. How, how do you do what? How do you actually go about finding who your audience? Yeah, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, keep keep in mind I'm semi-retired, so right. if if some if they don't call me, it's fine with me. I mean, I could take the webcam and show you, but your listeners can't see it. Um, but let me see. I could do this just for for your own viewing. Mm-hmm. You can see that. So I've got a lot of books to read. Yes. You, you are know, an avid book reader. We want to talk about I, that. <laughs> yeah, I love to read. Uh, I mean, I have a degree in English. I should. So there are more online courses available today than, than ever before in history. You can literally tour the Louvre for free online. Yeah, I can watch operas from the Met, you know, online now. I've got so many online courses. Um, it's, it's not even funny now. Every day I have to, you know, make a list of all the things I want to do. So do I miss working with clients? Mm, Sometimes, you know, I've been semi-retired for about two or three years now. Um, But I, my last client was finished up a few months ago, but I don't go chasing after clients. I post on social media in a relaxed way. Um, and I make videos for YouTube, what have you. And I, I love to do podcasts like this one with, with nice people like you. I enjoy doing it. I think it helps to get the word out, especially if you have a goofy name like mine. But um, <laughs> I don't go chasing after people. And if, and if I do decide that I want to um, engage in PPC a little bit more, which is pay-per-click paid advertising online, I could very easily go to Facebook or LinkedIn, mm-hmm. put, you know, pump a hundred bucks into there for a day or two and then see what comes out if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And if I did do that, I wouldn't target everybody. I would only target specific service providers or established business owners with X number of, I can tell you, I have a list if that makes it easier as far as who my ideal client is, who I would want to work for. And I came at this obviously over the course of learning how to screen mm-hmm. people after the situations that I described to you earlier, after going through those, I really had a, uh, what do you call it? You know, come to Jesus talk with myself, mm-hmm. you know, look <laughs> self, you can't work with any more of these tire kickers mm-hmm. um, who may be well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but are wasting your time in their own. And it's very um, hurtful to feel like you want to help and you have something to give and you do all this work and then it blows up in everybody's face Mm -hmm. and they don't even say thank you. They don't even appreciate what you did because they don't know how to. Yeah. It also circles back to, I'm sorry to jump in. Um, It also circles back to your long-term game that you mentioned early on. Right. right? You're you're at a point now where you don't have to change clients. So the processes you set up in the beginning have put you in a position where you, like you said, you're semi-retired, you take on the clients that you want to take. And, you know, if you're interested, sure. If not, you don't have to, you're not in, in hunger mode, right? <laughs> right. And it's a, it's a horrible place to be. I have yeah. been there. I've been there and I've been there for, you know, back to back a few years at a time, you know, when I was in between working for different publishers, different marketing agencies. Uh, When I was a college professor, they didn't always maintain, you know, a lot of people don't know college professors are not full-time employees. Most of them don't have great benefits, if any. Mm. Many of them have three or four part-time positions that they have to drive all over creation to do. And now you can only hope to God they can do them uh, remotely. Yes. Um, These are people with doctorates. So um, what I learned during that 
painful two to three year process was to screen. And what I did is I came up with criteria in addition to requiring conversations, spending a lot of time working on a contract that I would go over with them before we would even think about signing it. And what I do is I look for certain criteria. And if you don't meet these criteria, I usually don't work with them unless they come across as being like, look, I really, really need this, David. I really will, you know, work hard with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the, I use a band of the hand approach that I learned from the military. Have they been in business for five years or more? And if, if you want the reasoning for any of these, just let me know. Yeah. Do they have five employees or more? Um, do they have a marketing budget of $5,000 or more? Do they have a monthly marketing ad spend of 5000 or more? Have they worked with marketing agencies, advertising agencies in the past five times or more? And is what they do in line with who I am? Now, some of those are negotiable, such as you don't have five employees, maybe you have four, or maybe you're a one-person business, but you're really, really sincere and really serious and committed. Mm-hmm. You know, the, some of those are negotiable. Some aren't. And I'll give you a great example of this. It's 100%. I couldn't even believe this happened. I told my wife the story. She couldn't believe it either. <laughs> I had a guy call me up. And again, this is a while back when I had my number posted. And he called me up. He said, listen, my budget's 10 grand. I want to have a beautiful, mobile, responsive website designed for the website. My budget for monthly paid ad revenue is five grand per month, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot more than five employees. I'm very committed, very established, not going anywhere. And I want text advertising, which most businesses don't do, mm-hmm. which is very, very rare. Um, very well organized, a very serious person. So I was so excited. I'm like, oh, this is great. I can't wait. I said, well, let me ask you, sir, what is it that you do and what type of uh, business do you have? He said, oh, well, actually, I own three escort services, <laughs> and I want you to create a, a custom site for this new escort service that I'm bringing to this area in Denver, Colorado. And I said, oh, sir, please give me one minute. Give me one minute, please. But you, that was a shock. Yeah. yeah. So I get up and I asked my wife, I made sure that he couldn't hear. And I asked my wife and I said, honey, look, is it okay if I work with an escort service? And she just looked at me like, fool, what do you think? <laughs> the answer is no. Right. And I went back and I said, sir, I'm sorry, you're really well organized. You seem structured and deliberate. You seem to actually care about your own business and I'd love to work with you, but I can't do it in good conscience. You know, (laughs) especially not somebody saying that he cares about the rights of women and uh, I just can't do it in good conscience. I couldn't look at my wife and and do this. I'm sorry. So he said, all right, I can respect that. Have a nice day. (laughs) Click, you know lesson learned but it's like it's it's the old saying that malcolm x said if if we don't stand up for something we may fall for anything so if i had taken that what what else would i be receptive to right right thank you for (laughs) thank you for all of that um i do want to ask (laughs) great story though absolutely loved it um i do want to share if you can um since you're an avid book reader and so am i yes can you share or recommend besides your book? Um, <laughs> besides my own book, of course. <laughs> One, two books that, you know, the audience can, can learn. You, you, you recommend. Two you, books. Two books, just two. Oh, let me see here. Yeah, I can. Okay. One is an old favorite of mine that I recommend for all business owners, all entrepreneurs, and all people who are serious and committed about getting BS out of their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's an old book called The Four Agreements. And I recommend reading it slowly because it will sneak up on you and fool you and make you think it's some kind of a children's fairy tale. 
mm-hmm. but it's actually very, very deep and very profound. Okay. That's one. Let me see. Okay. I just wiggled over. I hope I didn't pull any plugs out. Can you nope. still hear me? Okay. <laughs> we can still hear you. Uh, okay. What's the next one? That I didn't find and I'm not working on now. I have to say, the only other one I can think of right immediately is who moved my cheese. Oh, I, I read that one actually. I read that very one. Si- yeah. Very simple. Um, like a children's tale, but it's a very profound message because we see this playing out right now, every day, strategically businesses you never thought would go under mm-hmm. tanking fast. I read just the other day, Starbucks said that their um, revenue actually went down 50%. Oh, wow. They may be gone in a few months. Um, I was reading Panera Bread was saying that because nobody goes to Panera Bread anymore, they've turned into a grocery store chain. So people go there and pick up groceries from all the food distributors. It's actually one of my favorite places too. I used to love Panera Bread. I used to go have uh, meetup groups and I would, um, I had one where I would charge people for a consultation through meetup. I remember, I grew up in Ocala, Florida, right? Like horse country, horse capital of the world for those who don't know. Um, and they put a Panera bread in Ocala and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Right. (laughs) And then there were bikers, bikers hanging out of the door. Um, it was like a long line of customers and they were either bikers or just new clients trying to get in line. And I asked my mom at the time, I was like, what is this place? And it was absolutely amazing. Love that. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody wants a nice croissant with some tea. <laughs> you know, come on. And, um, you know, I, I, yeah, my favorite store or chain is Barnes & Noble. Oh, yes. yes. That's where I met my wife. Yeah. You, 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 that is a great story, by the way. How you did I tell you that? that? You did. Um, can you share it with the audience real quick? Sure, it's sure, absolutely sure. absolutely amazing. Yeah, this was... Um, 20 years ago. It's hard to believe they, was, they were in business that long ago. But, um, and, and God knows they need, the time for them to pivot is long gone. Yeah. I would be very surprised if they survived this. Um, but anyway, I, I, I used to go to Barnes & Noble every Sunday and I would get a big cup of coffee and I'd get a, 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 some kind of a scone or some cheese Danish. You know, I love sweets. So I'd get something like that. I get a stack of all the magazines that I wanted to read and they would be philosophy, politics, spirituality, web design, tech, you know, paranormal, you name it, get all big stack, 20, 30 magazines. And I'd sit down like a fat kid in a candy store. <laughs> And so anyway, one particular Sunday, I'm going in there looking for a book, actually, that I had lent someone. And of course, they didn't give it back, you know. So I go there and I'm looking for this book and I see a tall, you know, statuesque woman um, in the section where this book is. And I say, excuse me, miss, can you help me? I'm looking for a book called Man's Search for Meaning because it's a very deep, profound book. It's another book I recommend, but I don't know if it's directly related to business. Mm. And um, so she looks at me and she does like a double take. I say, yeah, man search for meeting. Can you help me find it? She said, oh yeah, here it is. And we start talking about the search for meaning. It's very heavy. And I said, you know, look, uh, you know, I, I may be really out of line here, but I really enjoy talking with you. I think you're a very nice person. Um, if it's okay, I'd like to give you my number. Maybe we can meet up for a cup of coffee sometime. And she bought it. So we met like the next week or so for a cup of coffee. And and I immediately knew it's like, wow, man, I got to let my, you know, I got to let how I feel be known yeah. and let any other, you know, uh, you know, anybody else hanging around in her life. I need to let them know it's time to take a hike. <laughs> Exactly. I did. I did one by one, actually, which is a longer story. (laughs) But I I let them know, uh, you know, I'm not here to be your friend, not here to to play around. It's time for you to get to stepping. Yeah, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Especially now where people are just um, 
showing up in people's DMs and dating online and who meets people in bookstores nowadays, you know, that just doesn't. Yeah. And, and that's another reason to screen, to screen. <laughs> okay. Yes. Require two or three short conversations yes. by video before meeting them in person, especially now. Exactly. And drag those things out, out you know, <laughs> make it last a couple of weeks. That's what I yep. do. If you can't wait a couple of weeks to get a, a project launched in a very serious, methodical, professional way, I don't want to work with them. And you should be just as serious, if not more, when it comes to dating mm-hmm. as well. But if you look at Barnes & Noble, you can only imagine how their business must be tanking right now. Yeah. You but know? In, in- in, in the connection, though, and making the connection, it's kind of like dating your client, right? You have mm-hmm. to have those conversations and just to be able to screen, see where they are and see if you're, you're yeah. a good fit, right? That's yeah, absolutely a perfect transition. <laughs> well, thank you, for sharing. So. <laughs> thank you for sharing that story about how, you know, meeting your wife you know, worked out for you. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. And let's, um, can you, final advice given to give out to the audience. What do you, what advice do you have for someone just starting out? Think before you leap. You know, um, I don't know who said, you know, jump and grow wings on the way down. That mm-hmm. may have been T.D. Jakes because I, I, I love T.D. Jakes, but he was talking about religion. When it comes to business, don't jump and grow wings on the way down. Don't throw a pound of rice at the wall and see what sticks. That's what most do. Mm-hmm. Statistically, the overwhelming majority of small businesses will, this was before COVID-19, okay? And I have this on my website as well. I have a lot of statistics and information on my website. And I'm always happy to send it to anyone. Uh, st- but statistically, of businesses will go under within 16 months to three years. Within five years, a larger percentage will be gone. Mm -hmm. That was before all of this. So it's even more brutal now. So you really need to take a long haul approach and, and say, you know, look, what is the competition for this? What do I bring that will differentiate what I offer from them? Or what can I do to take my church, my salon, my CPA, my legal practice, my ice cream store, my sandwich shop, my pizzeria, my barber shop, whatever. What can I do to take that and make it more competitive, more um, profitable, Mm -hmm. and make it so I don't need to go meet people in person, make it so I can take payments online for whatever I can imagine, mm-hmm. that's what you should be doing now and while you can before it's too late. And that's interesting because um, like playing devil's advocate here, I just got off a call the other day about um, doing the thing. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just like do the thing and then just kind of figure out the rest. And so what you're saying here is think before you jump. But your approach is, is different than most, like you've mentioned before, where you're in this for the long term, right? You're, you're wanting people to think more of the long term instead of the short term goals. So, Absolutely. Do, do I have to tie things up right now or can I tell you another story? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. There was another lawyer that I got on the phone with, and this was maybe six months ago. And um, yeah, I think it was six, six months ago. My wife had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. So I had booked this uh, consultation with this lady um, before my wife had got that diagnosis. So to say I was stressed out and, you know, worried was an understatement, as you can imagine, right? Right, right. And I'm waiting in the car for her because she's going in and she's getting radiation and they're like, you can't come in, sir. And honestly, it wouldn't have helped if I did go in because I'd just be sitting in a waiting room, you know, shaking, you know, being a nervous wreck. Right. So I'm sitting in the car and I, okay, I'll call this lady up while I'm waiting in the car. I could have canceled and I decided not to. So I called her up. I did what I shouldn't have done because I was tired and exhausted and stressed out. And I said, ma'am, 
I know we scheduled this consultation to discuss your digital marketing issues. How can I help you? I'm here to answer any question you have. Bad move, right? Mm -hmm. So she asks me every technical question she could think of. Why is my Wix website not getting me any phone calls? I'm not getting any emails. Um, I can't look at, I can't use it on these smartphones. What do I do? On and on and on. I'm thinking about just quitting law completely and going to get a job at Starbucks because nobody's calling me. Nothing. And at the end of the phone call, she just said, well, I'm more confused now more than ever. I guess I'll do nothing. And I said, all right, well, sorry to hear that. Have a nice day. Obviously, I was too tired to put into practice what we'd been discussing about at that time. I was too stressed out worrying about my wife and her cancer diagnosis and treatment mm -hmm. to effectively screen and put into place what I said. I shouldn't have been taking any clients at all during my wife having breast cancer. I mean, that's a given now. Mm -hmm. At that time, I thought I could continue working and continue taking clients and do all of that. And I just couldn't deal with it. I was too stressed out. She had taken a short-term approach to promoting and building a law practice, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine how much money she lost over the course of, I think her site had been up for like a year and a half mm -hmm. by the time that she finally decided to get in touch with me. So imagine how many thousands of dollars, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars she lost as a lawyer who practices in two different areas of law and having basically what is an essentially a dead website. Yeah. Imagine how many people she lost. Cause yeah. if you're a lawyer, one new client is what? 30 That's, grand. Yeah. Well, depending on, yeah, but yeah, at least maybe, okay. Let's say 10 least, grand 10, per client. 10, yeah. 10 grand at the minimum, 30 grand middle, depending on who you work with and how many you get. If you only get one new client per month, right? Mm -hmm. You're losing so much money over the course of that year and a half that she waited before deciding to commit. Mm -hmm. So that's a short-term approach to a really long-term issue of having a business that could be sustainable. And if that doesn't kick you in the head after all the other things that I experienced that I talked about, nothing will. Yeah, now for me, that was the last straw because I decided, look, when she gets over this cancer, I'm taking a long look at myself and what I do. Mm -hmm. If you're not going through this process, I'm not talking to you, period. If I can't knock it out of the park for you, I'm not interested. If you want immediate answers or all you want to do is talk tech, if you're not already an experienced developer or programmer, you're not going to understand what we're talking about anyway. It has no context. True. You know, it'd just be like a lawyer explaining litigation to me. I might get some of it, but I won't get all or most right. or a doctor for that matter. So, no, thank you, you know, <laughs> yeah, my, my point is, to look at things in context and, and learn from my mistakes, learn from the mistakes of others and, and say, I really want to hunker down in this and look at this like a serial killer, you know, yeah. it, may, it may not be the best metaphor in the world, but <laughs> you know, look at this the way they do very yeah. committed, very serious, very long term. Yeah. Um, I, who, who was it? It may have been Les Brown who said, you know, next time you have bacon and eggs, for breakfast, the bacon was committed, or or something like that. It was it was like one of those profound moments. I have to remember. I have to find oh, it. I love Les Brown. He's absolutely amazing. Um, anywho, but <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. I'm going to have to bring you back for some more information and details and and wealth. Well, I hope knowledge. you do. I hope I do? you do. I I love Les Brown. I remember I used to go hear him speak when I was yeah. in college. Because yeah. I was trying to start, my, you know, I was toying with the idea of starting my own business, mm -hmm. going to college full time. I was also working full time. I met my wife and, you know, I was going to see him to go get motivated. And, oh, I loved uh, Les Brown. He's still oh. trucking. I remember the quote now. It says, next time you have bacon and eggs for breakfast, take a look. The, the chicken was committed. The pig, I'm sorry, the chicken was involved. The pig was committed. 
right? So very true. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Um, yeah. So thank you for everything you shared today. Can you share with people? Oh, we also have to include people. I'm going to include his playlist. Absolutely. He has a playlist that's on his website. We're including it in the show notes. So OMG. Yeah, <laughs> please do. That's music that I, I work by because yes. obviously with the coronavirus, you know, when this started, I, I actually took like two weeks to really do some um, self-exploration and decide mm -hmm. how I was going to change things. Cause I was going to so many networking groups and in scheduling all these speaking events Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to these speaking events. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I just said, no, everything is being done remotely. I'm going to work from home like never before. Now is the time to put everything that I've ever learned in my life into bring it full circle. You know, it's, it's almost like the color purple. It's like bringing everything full circle, like literary mm -hmm. technique. And uh, the first thing was finding and putting together a playlist that I could listen to online while working that I like personally. And that's my main working playlist Definitely. at the bottom of my website. And I do have other ones, but that's my main primary one. We're definitely going to link to that in the show notes. Um, where else can people find you online? Real simple. Simplicity rules, dms.blue. Perfect. That's it. And I've had people do a double take and go, B -b -b what? You know, like the old <laughs> cartoons, B -b 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 what? You know, but it, it, they, I explained, look, it is a real domain name. It's a real URL. <laughs> it's a real website address. Mm -hmm. You know, DMS are my initials. I'm a digital marketing specialist, even though I've got experience in all these other areas. And it's my favorite color. So I just tell everybody DMS.blue, type it in that little address bar and it would take you to my website. And I hide in plain sight, very easy to find. And that website, you can email me uh, immediately from the, from the main page of the website. And you can schedule a, a free consultation, listen to my music. You can download a free ebook. You can read articles about digital marketing and even mm -hmm. philosophy and all kinds of other things from there as well. I, I even have a page of free resources for people. And I even have a blog post for people trying to find remote work. Perfect. Thank you for that. So um, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment with your thoughts. Everything that we mentioned in the show today, any links or resources will be included in the, in the show notes. So thanks again, everyone. Until next time and signing off.